0: Tantrum House Board Gaming Podcast is recorded live from Studio
1: WKRD in Greenville, South Carolina. This podcast is brought to you by our friendly local game store, Boardwalk, purveyors of fine games. Bezier Games,
0: the new classics. AEG, we make fun. The Game Steward, your second chance at Kickstarter games. And Game Toppers LLC, upgrading your gaming experience. Your hosts are here to help you sort through the cardboard commotion to help you find the diamonds in the rough. So buckle up, especially if you're driving right now, because you're about to arrive at the Tantrum House. Hello, hello, and welcome. I was early. I didn't wait for the doorbell. You
2: just really wanted them to come
0: <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, I just wanted everybody to know. We're we're so happy to be here and talk with you today. This is Jonah Do.
3: I'm Hannah Johnson. Kevin help. Melissa Dell and Ryan Pills in the house
0: and we like always are so excited to bring you all of the hottest board gaming tabletop news and current events and anything else that we can possibly think of that we should deliver to you like always and uh, I think we're gonna start off like we normally do by talking about some games that we have recently played. Who's played something?
2: Well Melissa and I I uh, played Return to Dark Tower and Hannah. I played it too. Yeah, but we played different games. Yes. So we have different experiences about Return to Dark Tower. If you're familiar with Dark Tower, this was an old 1980s, 70s, 80s game.
3: I thought it was 50s. Okay, old. Well, it had electronic parts. Yeah. So yeah. it, well, it was, wasn't that old. It was in the 1950s, then it created it something electronic. Yeah.
2: And now oh, we have Restoration Games that restored it into a new uh, game called Return to Dark Tower. And this has a lot more involved with an app that is played in the game that uses a lot of the components and tells you what to do in the game and actually connects to the this massive <laughs> tower and the board.
3: Yeah, it's. Did you play with the round player mat?
2: No, we played with a cardboard.
3: Oh, so they had um, Monday night at our game night uh, community game night. They had the player mat, and it just. I don't know, just added an extra level. It was circular. It was huge. I think the tower's at least a foot high, if not a foot and a half.
2: At least, yeah.
0: And it spins. Yes. Connected to the app and drops stuff out and stuff like that. Somebody uh, in one of our playthroughs on one of these last Thursdays asked us if we had played it. Now we have? Yeah. When we were playing Terraforming Mars. Oh, yeah. They asked us if we had played that yet, and I had to say no.
2: And I still have to say no because you guys hoard it.
4: (laughs) We don't have it. It's not ours. It was uh, Richard Lonnie's.
2: Lonnie's. Oh, we don't have a copy. Um, But the board is um, divided into four regions, North, South, East, West. And in each of those regions are like mountain regions and like all the different things like lakes and hills and forests and things like that. And you are a character moving the map, trying to defeat enemies, clear skulls, and you're trying to complete quests (laughs) And the game tells you sort of where to place things, what things are happening, what kind of goals you're trying to accomplish. And your player has special powers. you want to talk a little bit more about the special powers, Melissa?
4: Um, I played the Orphaned Scion, I believe. And I had some extra magic advantages. I was in the... East region, so I had advantages in hills. And then I had other virtues I could unlock to then get more powers. I think um, when I cleansed the uh, area of skulls, I could also cleanse somewhere else. So that was nice because running out of skulls is one of the <laughs> lose conditions. We did play the cooperative version of the game. I believe yes, there's also a competitive version, mm-hmm. but we played cooperative... Oh, Azok's um, items, rituals, something Mm -hmm. that we needed to do. I don't know if we played the same scenario. No,
3: I played one with trees. We were basically trying to surround the tower with trees.
2: Oh, interesting. We were trying to collect these treasures and then deliver the treasures, and then the big bad guy would get sort of released, and then we had to defeat the big bad guy at the end of the game. So we did it.
3: Yep. We did too. We absolutely did it. But the um, little... Little not meeples, the little figurines. Awesome,
4: yeah. We was, played with minis, so that was an upgrade. I think yeah. there are standees that came yeah. with the most basic version of the game. Um, we uh played a version that had miniatures for the bad guys and the heroes, yeah.
3: Definitely recommend the miniatures, definitely recommend the player mat.
4: And um, at least during setup, we were able to pick certain enemies, so we did wolves and oh, we had spiders. It was gross. Oh, yeah, we did not do the spiders. We had the giant titan. We had, yeah, the kind of the fire-breathing lion sort oh. of character.
2: Oh, that was the big bad guy at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ash you know, something.
4: Mm. az <laughs> As talk or As, something. Yeah.
2: Uh, Before we get going any further, I forgot. We usually tell you what our podcast is going to be about. And so we're going to talk about some games we've been playing. We're going to talk about some Kickstarters and GameFound crowdfunding campaigns coming. And then we're going to talk at the end two main things. One is going to be uh, April Fool's jokes that we saw online since we were recording this just a day after April Fool's. And that can be board board game related and um, just regular stuff that we saw that made us laugh. And then we're also going to talk about player counts and and there's a special announcement with that and we'll get to it at that time but continue on
4: oh i wanted to say one final thing about dark tower because it was alluded to the tower that is spinning and you're taking off um shields panels at one point it spun and about eight skulls
2: (gasps) six it was only six skulls. okay
4: (laughs) it felt like a whole like that scene in is it Return of the King when they have all the skulls that are pouring through yeah. the undead area? Anyway, it <laughs> felt like that, and they all came gushing out on my side. Of course. Of course.
0: I got a question. Instead of uh, always talking about what we've already played, why don't we tell everyone what we're planning on playing this weekend? Go for it. Because I Florida. feel like that's everyone at the table has probably got something that we're going to be playing this weekend, right? Yeah. All right. Ryan, you're up. What are you playing this weekend? What do you plan on playing? What are you getting to the table?
1: Uno. Um, Spot it. Playing my, uh, I wouldn't say bi-monthly, because what is it when it's every two months?
0: Uh, yeah, something. I'm playing my
1: my, my RPG uh, Pathfinder game. We're like level 15, so I, I don't think I'll be getting any board games in, but I'm really excited because it has been like two months. <laughs> And uh I just I wanna see this get to where it's just ridiculous rocket tag and uh we're all we're all way overpowered right now. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to seeing what sort of shenanigans come up.
0: Nice, nice. So that's later on this afternoon or this evening? Uh yeah. tomorrow, oh, tomorrow. Tomorrow, Sunday yeah. nice. Hannah?
3: Um you have to ask Kevin and Melissa what I'm playing playing. Kevin and Melissa. You're gonna
2: be playing a game called Unseen Domains, hopefully, uh later today. That is a Kickstarter coming soon, um, and we are going to be doing a playthrough of it, so we thought
4: we might as well um, play a game. Play yeah. it before we play it live on camera? Yeah, you know. Usually a good idea. <laughs> Usually
2: a good idea. Yep. And um, Melissa has worked a little bit on the rulebook, so she's going to talk just a brief overview of the game.
4: All right. So, and I'm sure we'll talk about it when it comes to crowdfunding again, sure. but it is a kind of hand management game. You're playing cards. You're spreading out over a map and you're trying to control areas and complete quests. And yeah. yeah. I'll know more after we play it. <laughs> Although I have spent extensive time with the rules.
0: Woo. That I can never say that about my experiences. <laughs> right. I've never spent extensive time. time with the rules. Well, she's no. editing the rule book. Oh, I got you. Okay. So, Jonah, what about you? I'm playing Legacies this afternoon. It is a big I mean big box like Uh, Eagle Griffin style big box. I know they put a lot of their games in these bigger rectangle boxes. Um, uh, It's a big box. I haven't spent any time with it, so I'm excited to play it, but it seems like you're playing in the early 18th century, or maybe 19th century, just depending. um, And you're trying to leave a legacy for your family, so there's like all, there's stuff everywhere, all sort, all over the board. There's lots of tokens. It seems like it's a resource collection type game. When I saw the cover, it
2: reminded me of like like a circus, like um, oh yeah, it's basically, or... so they
0: yeah, they sent a letter and they said this game's based on um the movie The Greatest Showman. Oh. We watched Hugh Jackman and The Greatest Showman, we thought it was awesome and we made a game that's called Legacies. So uh, I'm, I'm excited ex- to play I'm it. I'm excited to
2: hear about it now. But
0: I but I haven't spent extensive time in the rule book, so that's basically all I can say right now. <laughs> I'm also going to play maybe one more if I can get that one done. I'm just not sure if I can tell you guys over the podcast what I'm playing. I also need to borrow a base game from you. I <laughs> forgot to tell you that.
2: Oh, I know what you're talking about. Okay. I don't want to spoil it. i will by my house and get it? Yeah, probably. Okay. Sounds good to you. And you, we just had the whole conversation, and we never said the name of the game. Isn't that amazing?
1: That is amazing. Well done.
2: <laughs> Very cool. Well, why don't we – is there any other games that you've all have been playing? Did you play any other games? What did you play, Ryan, on Monday night?
1: Monday night, yeah. I was still recovering from my Scotland oh, that's trip. Right, so can you give us I a quick like, you know, quick overview of Scotland? We uh, we stayed in a hunting lodge in a national park uh, north of Perth. So it was it was very convenient because we were sort of centrally located between Inverness, uh, where Loch Ness is, and all of the Edinburgh, Stirling, Aberdeen stuff we were going to see. So we we did get to see Loch Ness and you did? the monster. So, yeah. was the, the monster. What? It was amazing. Wow. It looked kind of like a boat's wake. That's how I'd best describe it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then uh hmm. we saw some cairns with standing stones and uh we went to the battlefield of Culloden and Stonehenge. Um, we didn't see Stonehenge. That's no. in wrong
4: country. England. Oh, whoops. but
1: but the standing stones were like Stonehenge. <laughs> okay. They Maybe. they weren't stacked, but they were just standing. Maybe was, that's. I'm sorry. Cool. Maybe I just said the wrong
0: thing. I feel like I was thinking that.
2: Is is Stonehenge in England? I believe so. Yeah. I'm. I'm not Melissa sure. Melissa has gone to Stonehenge. Don't
4: you? I have not gone to Stonehenge, oh, okay. but it is in uh, England. Okay. But you guys
0: are taking the trip. I mean, we'll you talk can go about check that it. Another podcast. Yeah. Are uh, you going to s- see Stonehenge when you take your trip? No. No. Okay.
4: <laughs> I've seen pictures.
0: Yeah, I mean it's just stones in the field, right? I'm yeah. not, I'm not driving over there to right. see that. I was like, I got other places to go. Or taking a train or whatever?
1: Yeah.
2: Sorry. I mean, no, I that's
1: would fine if I was close,
2: but we didn't want to derail your. Yeah, so
1: we got trying. to see a lot of castles and really cool stuff, and drive on the wrong side of the road, and almost getting some accidents. It was great. Great, and um, were you driving? I yeah, we were driving Wild. a stick shift. I know. I would never drive which over there. Really crazy. I would never well, drive. how would you drive? Scotland. So on I'm not going to take of the a road bus and everything. Yeah. No, it it I was not do that. a stick shift, so I'm sitting on the wrong side of the car, wrong side of the road, and left hand? The the shifter was in my the wow, wrong hand. That was that the one part movie. That was the one part I wasn't accounting for. That like I was be- like, I think I could do all of this <laughs> <laughs> shift in the that wrong hand. Oh, That was a lot of like was, relearning. What about the pedals? Was it the pedals are the same. The same, okay. okay. If yeah. the pedal was also oh. it would be too hard. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Footed, and, no way. Uh I I really enjoy roundabouts. Um, you don't. In America. <laughs> <laughs> because almost every roundabout in America is one lane, and it's pretty straightforward, like, once you grab the concept. Oh, they're not Multiple lane roundabouts. No lines. Uh, I have no idea what I'm there. doing. Own it. Yeah. Just,
0: well, like, well, with the stick, on, stick shift on the other side, that's yeah.
2: tough. Oh, man. Yeah, it was that's a scary roundabout. Near the Olive Garden on Lawrence, there is a two-lane roundabout that does, I agree, confuses me sometimes. I just stay in my lane.
1: Yeah. Never go in there. <laughs> stay in my
2: letting you know, beware. The you, beware. The
0: European countries do have those big roundabouts and it's literally like free for all in there because they got bikes and scooters and everybody else going through. Yep. And then it feels like they're just, are you going sideways? Like I was trying to go <laughs> take sure. a right. Like I need to go halfway around this and go right. And then yeah. you, and then it doesn't matter who
1: it is. You can just go. What? We know, hit one, crazy. and I wait, wait. still wait, can't wrap my hit? mind around how it what works, because it was like a figure eight, and I still <laughs> can't figure out what what was supposed to be happening there. I, I really no don't know. No, made, no crashes. Nope, we did pay extra for extra coverage. So every time, me or my oh, sister-in-law, smarter. who also, she, she took the majority of the driving, actually. The... Every time we were in a tight spot or something crazy happened, I was like, We got full coverage, you can you can hit that guy <laughs> if you need
2: to. Uh, real quick, um you also had an unexpected layover in Paris.
1: Oh yeah. So we had a two hour layover in Paris that became a thirteen hour layover in Paris. But
3: that's okay, right? Which Jordan? was it's good.
1: It's the best layover spot you could have asked for. Yeah. It was uh it's gotta be like a dream come true. Yeah. Katie is a artist by trade, so we went to the Louvre, however you pronounce it? And uh, got to see all the stuff that she just had her, you know, dreams about. So it was very exciting for see her. See the crown jewels? We didn't see this. You didn't walk
0: jewels. in that, did you? See Napoleon's section, like his, pa- like his. You would have known. You, you have to you realize I'm
1: not an artist, so I was like, "Well, cool, Napoleon section was like moving. was like
0: <laughs> was like all of that that you saw times like fifty. It was nuts in his section."
1: Oh yeah, I think we have to go back because there was another museum, like the Musée d'Orsay or something. Well, there's that, a bunch of them. The Thinker uh, is at a different
0: museum there. And there's some other really popular ones, like some of the smaller
1: museums. Yeah, yeah, we spent a lot of time on a tour bus. It was a hop-on, hop-off bus so that we could see the Eiffel Tower and the Arc de Triomphe and so on. Um, and that kind of sucked up some of the other time we would have yeah. taken. Uh, so main most of our walking around was the Louvre. And I was really surprised... I always thought it was just this small, um, like, two- to three-story palace building. I thought But it's was actually, true. like, a whole complex of buildings. It's huge. And it's built on top of a fortress, so there's, like, this whole underground it's huge. Uh, portion. Like, when you first enter, you're going underground. Did not account for that. It was real crazy. <laughs> we'll have to go again sometime.
2: <laughs> anyway. Well, why don't we jump into our next segment with Kickstarter, Conniption.
3: Kickstarter, Conniption.
2: All right, well, in today's show, we're going to talk about five different Kickstarters. We're going to start with Melissa.
4: Well, mine's actually going on to GameFound, so crowdfunding conniption, I guess. Uh, Red Raven Games is bringing a new standalone sequel to Sleeping Gods. This is coming April 18th, and it's called Sleeping Gods Distant Skies. So in the original Sleeping Gods, you're on a ship that is sailing around these lands and you're having all of these encounters, trying to find totems and battling sea monsters. Well, in this one, you are in a cargo plane that's flying through a portal in the sky oh, wow! that transports you to a rugged landscape filled with bizarre creatures, scheming gods, and untold dangers. So this is standalone you don't have to have the other sleeping gods. So if you're more interested in flight and planes than sailing ships, then maybe this would be a good option. There's um it, the game is pretty open ended. You can go explore all these different places. There's not a certain path that you're routed down. Um, which means your playtime could be really, really long. You're probably going to want to break it up over several sessions, and you can decide when to stop. But basically you're trying, at least in the original Sleeping Gods, trying to find a certain number of totems after a um, (coughs) designated amount of rounds. So Sleeping Gods, distant skies. It looks like the campaign also has... The original Sleeping Gods, if you missed that and you were interested in it, you could get it in this new campaign. And there's also a quick open world adventure for one to two players, Sleeping Gods Primeval Peril. And it looks like kind of a boat on a river, kind of like the Mm. Amazon River um, type of... A boat kind of like jungle cruise. that's exactly <laughs> what i was thinking jungle cruise so that's also available in the campaign so if you are a fan of ryan lockett's games of open world exploration if you like the original sleeping gods then definitely check out sleeping gods distant skies on game found coming april 18th ryan what are you looking at
1: Coming April 11th from Funforge is Far Cry Beyond. And this is actually like a really interesting, uh, to me at least, IP to be basing a board game off of. Because Far Cry doesn't have like a set universe. I mean, there's a Far Cry universe, but all the games are very different. There's the very first one you're like shipwrecked on an island and you're fighting these like mutated people that are now monsters and trying to
4: and this is a video game yeah yeah
1: so i I think they were just uh, exploring what they could do with the crisis engine i think was the deal and then far cry 2 you're like a mercenary in africa or something and uh far cry 3 i think you're in uh, like an archipelago, and then in I think four, you're fighting some sort of American revolutionary cult. Later, it sounds kind of like it's the. It's um, like
0: all over the place. Assassin's Creed series, they just switch the time period and the yeah, what you're fighting every time.
1: But at least there, there's like this marginally threaded connection. <laughs> this I don't I don't this know that like there's a any connection. Right. I don't think there's any connection between these games other than this is a Far Cry style of game. So how do you translate a Far Cry style of video game into a board game? I'm not sure.
2: Maybe they just take one of the seasons. However,
1: I have played a lot of Far Cry. Mm-hmm. One of the best video games I've ever played wasn't even a Far Cry game. It was a Far Cry downloadable content, like standalone DLC. It was Far Cry Blood Dragon. And they brought in Michael Bain. He's the guy who rescues Sarah Connor from Terminator. Okay. Uh, he was also in, like, I think the one of the Alien films. Aliens. Anyway, so he's an he's 80s actor. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it is a over-the-top cyberpunk 80s, just tongue-in-cheek, free-for-all. There's so many crazy, weird 80s references and, like, uh, cheesy um one liners and stuff that he says anyway this board game is set in the 80s Ooh. so i'm looking forward to ha- it having some of that blood dragon maybe it's like stylings maybe to it it's
2: based off of it
1: i don't i don't think it's based off of blood dragon what what they say the situation is it's a um one versus many or completely cooperative because there's rules for for the one who plays the opponents um to be run by the game Um, in it. Apparently a Soviet attack force accidentally targets a group of stunt people in Hollywood and you play as the stunt people fighting off them. So I think there's going to be a lot of eighties cheesiness that they're going to try to put into it. It's they're designing it as sort of a light uh, tactical miniatures game. So, I am excited about what the flavoring is because Blood Dragon was amazing. I'd love to just have a, a sequel to the Blood Dragon video game. So maybe this is that in board game form. So definitely check it out. Coming April 11th, Far Cry Beyond. Jonah, what you got?
0: Yeah, so I am looking at the game called Table Golf Association, TGA. It is coming to Kickstarter on April 12th. This game is pretty much a pure dexterity game where you are legitimately playing rounds of table golf. Okay, so they come with like these hexagon shapes that you get to make into your own course. Huge. They're huge. Huge hexagon shapes, right? They, t- I mean, they, you gotta have a decent size table for this, uh, that you make into your own course. So like I built one recently, like a week ago or so, where we had the pleasure of playing it and they're double sided. And so some of them have water and sand and, and then there's fairway and sand and fairway and water and rough and water and all sorts of stuff. And you, you build out your course and then you have these, uh, the things that you flick the ball, and it's like a—I don't know how I would describe it. It's like a roller marble-ish thing, and like a bumper. So it's kind
4: like, of like, oh, was it that old crossfire game? Maybe, something?
0: maybe I didn't play that one, so I don't exactly know. Is it similar to that? Okay, so similar to the crossfire game, if you played that, but it's like this. Yes, yeah, like this ball, three three hundred sixty degree rotating ball inside like a bumper, and you flick it. In order like to with your
3: hand, you're yeah, flicking with, it.
0: with your hands, they do come with uh, golf clubs. If you're having trouble flicking your hands, like a cardboard golf club. Okay, I didn't use that. I was I was doing pretty well on the <laughs> flicking, but you flick it. You can't. They've got rules about. Uh, the wind and, and where your golf ball is going to lie and how far you can go and what you're trying to avoid and blah, blah, blah. So you flick it, basically legitimately playing a round of golf. So after you build, you get it in the hole on one, You next person's up and they can build an entire new uh, course. And then you go again, keeping score on a score pad. Oh, wow. Uh, trying to have the lowest pars as you go. They do have uh, player abilities if you want to play like the advanced mode. Um, and... And, yeah, it's...
3: As fun as Pop Uh,
0: It's pretty good. Okay. I mean, if you're, like, if you're, like, let's play table golf, then, you, I mean, yeah, then okay. you're playing, you know? Um, And I think the coolest part uh, in about the game, in my opinion, is that they have, like, the table golf website is, like, you register that you, like, have the game. And then it's, like, competitions and contests and free swag and register here to keep all your live scores. And it's, it's a like, whole a community. whole... Association, Wow. Yeah, which is why I think it's called Table Golf Association. <laughs> so anyway, that is uh, headed to Kickstarter on April 12th. And now let's jump over to Kevin.
2: Looking at a game called Last Light. That is from Gray Fox Games coming to Kickstarter. Uh, the Actually, I don't know the exact date. And they haven't let us know what that is. But I thought it is coming probably the second half of April. So you can check that out coming soon uh, to Kickstarter from Gray Fox. And the designer of this is Roy Kennedy. He's been working on this for a few years now. Melissa?
4: So Roy Kennedy is a member of the Dice Tower. Right,
2: he is. He uh, helps a lot with the editing in the background. He's on videos too. Um, This game is a 4X game. If you're not familiar with 4X, uh, that stands for, if I can remember them all, Explore, Exterminate... um, Boy, I just blanked. Uh, Ryan, you remember any of them? Explore, Exterminate... um, exchange
1: goods. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and we'll look it up. Uh, someone to look it up while I talk about the game. Anyway, this is a game where you play um and looking for gathering light. And the person that can gather 20 light first is uh going to win the game. Um every player has sort of a faction that they're going to be in charge of and it's going to be an asymmetrical faction. Um so you're going to have different powers. Oh, there we go. Thank you. Explore, expand, exploit, exterminate are the four X's. So it's a lot of like area control sort of stuff for for that. But it supposedly plays really fast. I have played a prototype of this online, and it says forty-five to seventy-five minutes, and I would say that is true. Um, it plays very fast for that type of game. Usually, these types of games last a very long time. To, and if you remember a podcast, uh, probably a year or so ago, Will was bemoaning the fact that he had played. Um, Heroes of Land, Air, and Sea, and that took him, I think, three to five hours. Um, do you remember that conversation that we, that Will had? I think
4: it was like six hours. Oh, okay, wow. it was
2: six hours. It was a four X game that just lasted way too long. Anyway, that is Last Light, coming from Grey Fox Games, uh, student Kickstarter. Ryan, you have one more quick one.
1: Yeah, really quick from Van Ryder Games and Lucky Duck Games is the Dark Quarter. It's coming out April twelfth. And uh, you might remember Lucky Duck from other hits like Chronicles of Crime. This is kind of in that same vein where it looks to be uh, your investigators cooperatively working together to solve cases using an app. It's an app-driven game. What makes this slightly different is it's a dark and supernatural New Orleans that Ooh. you are uh, working in so New Orleans be, is that what you said?
3: So yeah. like Mardi Gras themed? Nolens
0: Nolens. I, I didn't understand it when you said it the other way. Okay. Yeah. Sorry.
1: <clears throat> uh, <laughs> yeah. So so there's a supernatural aspect to it, um, which will which will be interesting. What I think is especially interesting, I, I think gameplay is going to be pretty much like Chronicles of Crime, except there in Chronicles of Crime, there's like NPCs that you interact with and they're kind of interchangeable from scenario to scenario, sure. they have multi-scenario campaigns where you interact with NPCs, and it matters from scenario to scenario. They'll, they will have the same NPC, and you grow like a relationship with them. Ooh. Okay. Um, so they're trying to expand these characters that you play with uh, so that they have s- sort of a living uh, artificial experience artificial intelligence. Well, I don't know about that. Okay. But, <laughs> but yeah, just seeing them expanding their stories so that it matters, you know, who you're interacting with. You kind of grow to know the character as you're questioning them, I guess. Um, I think that is a cool thing to attempt. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they accomplish that in mm-hmm. The Dark Quarter, April 12th.
2: Well, why don't we move into our topic for today's show. Uh, First one we'll look at is April Fool's jokes uh, that we have come across uh, over uh, yesterday was April Fool's. And uh, we can start with um, some of them that are non-board game related first.
3: I think the weirdest one I saw was flavored mayonnaise. So I think Duke's mayonnaise did Peep's flavor. And I think Hellman's did Butterfinger
1: Yes. Keeps flavored mayonnaise. Right, so so like just sugar-flavored
3: mayonnaise. mayonnaise. Oh,
1: that's gross. Now, was it this is, an announcement or an actual product?
3: No, I, I think it had like an ad on They mine.
1: always do this. They yeah. like companies
0: always do announce this. it, slash make one. They, they're like yeah. weird. It's hard to tell these when, days. When they actually they make actually a prototype make of it, yeah.
1: that is like yeah. super legit. It was yeah, pastel swirled.
3: <laughs> so that was kind of yeah. Cr- yeah. I don't know. I, I was trying to think of any product that I could possibly put that on. It's
0: getting harder to tell if they're April Fool's jokes mm-hmm. yeah. because they'll make one or make 10 or whatever. And then you're like, it, it seems like it should be a joke, but I'm looking at someone use that, you know, and then it's harder. The and then Peeps like, one surprise, really gotcha. needs
1: to come in a Peeps shaped bottle. Well, it
3: was pastel swirled <laughs> oh. in like in the classic Duke's mayonnaise jar. Mm. But I still don't know what you would. it on, Like I was thinking like a sandwich or like egg salad and I was just like, ew. So I don't know.
2: So I was scrolling through Facebook yesterday and I saw my brother's kid in front of his TV screen that was cracked. And my brother's kid had a basketball in his hand. And I was like, first thought was, I mean, it's a, you know, 60 inch flat screen TV. And it was, I mean, it was cracked. (laughs) I mean, I look at it and I'm like,
3: it looked legit. (laughs)
2: It looked very legit and um my first I was like oh no and then I was like oh it's april fools well here's what actually happened went down my brother was in the bathroom and his what and my my sister-in-law screams silas and my brother runs out to the living room and there's my the my my nephew Standing in front of the screen, like with this, like this whole scene, and um, I think very quickly he's like, like, oh, like you know, oh no, what happened? And then all the kids were like, April Fools! But I mean, it looked really because he just placed a like crack screen on the on the screen, which was I thought a pretty good oh. April Fools' joke so kind
4: of like a screensaver or a mm-hmm. digital mm-hmm. version, digital
2: yeah. representation. I was like, that that was a pretty good one. So wow! Anything else you guys saw? None. I didn't
0: see any great ones yesterday, but I do have to tell you a story about one time when I was growing up. Do so it. pretty much every year when I was growing up, my family, my mom and my dad would play an April Fool's joke on me. On the family or just you? Well, I mean, I just on everybody. They get okay. everybody. But this this is not the best one they ever done. But one time... My mom and my mom is smart about it. She'll wake you up with the April Fool's joke. Mm -hmm. So you didn't get time to process that today's April 1st. So I shouldn't believe anything today. And one time she woke me up and was like, the ice cream truck broke down. Off, oh, on no. the other street it's they're giving it away it's free oh, literally no. it broke down oh, no, so, so i'm like out getting out of bed pajamas on like running down the street oh, no. and she's just laughing it up at oh. the house of the french how old do you think you were i i mean probably like old enough to not be out there <laughs> right. i'm probably like 12 like but oh. i was she got me that that time one time like it, I don't good. even. I don't That's even. Really she good. got me a bunch of times. One other time, she told me that the house was on fire. Oh. She woke me up earlier than normal uh-huh. and like house is on fire. You go, go, go! Get the water hose, spray it down. Do so and so. Like I'm outside, like spraying <laughs> the house with the water hose. Oh, wow like oh, and if fantastic. you wake people up I see so now as an adult I'm like you have to wake them up with the joke cuz right. you get no time to prepare yourself right, for your uh, yeah. that this was this April 1st April first. So. yeah I was spraying the house with So the you are going
3: to play jokes on your kids?
0: Oh yeah 100%. Okay. I got my mom once. I told her I ran away. I wrote a whole note. I hid oh. in the closet. It was a whole thing. I jumped out and said April Fool She threw a hymnal at me. It was a whole thing.
2: <laughs> I got a pretty good laugh. Wow. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh so we we can move on to some board game-related ones. I know Panasaurus announced a new brew expansion uh, to their game Brew, which has nothing to do with coffee, but this was called the Medium Roast Expansion. I thought that was pretty funny. That's clever.
4: Yeah, several people were like, I'd, I'd buy the coffee. Yep. Make, make, it, make it so. Yeah,
2: <laughs> The box uh, cover looked pretty good on that one. That was good. Yep. Hannah, you saw one?
3: Um, I think it was Sagrada Yahtzee.
2: Yeah, it was like Sagrada Yahtzee. So Sagrada basically,
3: Z. Yahtzee. <laughs> But you use the Sacred Dice,
2: and I just looked it up. You can actually download a print and play.
3: I think it's an actual legit. So you really can do Fools, it. an April Fool's if
2: you can actually download it.
0: Yeah, I saw that, and that's what I was kind of saying earlier. I was really confused because this seems like an April Fool's joke, right? But you can download and play it. So I yeah,
4: I wasn't sure. So if I it don't was know legit. if
0: this is a joke. Like, am I supposed to be laughing? I don't. I don't know.
4: So Jonah, now this wasn't. A actual joke because stonemeyer Jamie Stegmeyer from Stonemeyer games actually made disc golf um, yeah, discs. discs with different logos from his games
0: yeah he custom stamped them so that's a thing in disc golf you can get your own custom stamp on the disc so I saw so this is what happened I saw it when he posts hey, every year we do something but we actually make a real product or whatever. So this year we custom stamp discs. So I clicked the link, no likes, no comments. This is when I saw it. It was like three minutes ago. Oh wow. So I was like, perfect. I clicked the link and I looked at all the pictures and the one that I wanted was the wingspan one because it was wingspan and it had his name on it where the other discs were different names and different games. Absolutely. And I just didn't recognize any of the other people. So I was like, Oh, obviously it's the wingspan one. So I got the wingspan one. It was like $12, like no big deal. And I play disc golf. So I'm like,
3: So, yeah, you can actually use it.
0: I'll put it on the wall or something. And then when you sent the email, I went back just to check, and they're, like, all sold out. And I was like, wow, I really got this at the right time, or else I would have had to wait. But, yeah, we'll see.
4: Yeah, so the company, I think, only let him make 50 of each product, so he didn't have a whole lot.
2: You need to, like, seal that. I know.
4: But I'll just put it
0: that. on the, I'll put it on the wall or something. It'll
4: Connectable. I think he,
0: yeah. The, the fun thing about custom stamps is that they are real discs. Like if you want to play with that disc, you can totally throw that disc. But so that, that was another thing. Like I was looking through like, well, what are the actual discs? Cause am I ever going to throw it or am I just putting it on the wall or, you know,
2: but. Another one was Czech Games ed- Edition CGE said that there was going to... Or they found the missing rules page to Lost <laughs> Ruins of Arnok, which I thought that was kind of funny. That very clever. And they also announced the solo mode to Codenames, which...
4: Yeah, uh, both were funny. The Arnok one, it was something like, if the raven or eagle, falcon, whatever goes off the board you have to throw it out the window and it, it's <laughs> gone forever and, and things like that so it's just kind of funny things with each character oh and that's
2: I'm great like... any other board game ones? there is one more I, I remember scrolling on facebook yesterday going back to non-board game related but still sort of board game related because ryan and katie announced
1: yeah we are expecting our third Child Congratulations! Episode. They announced it on April Fools. Yeah, that was <laughs> just prank. to play with us. Yeah, just so you question. So I wrote in the comments, "I'm like, April Fools." Yeah, it was kind of an April Fools at my at my work because we had we have a built bulletin board with all of our families on it. Mm-hmm. So it had just been updated. So I took the picture that had been on there, which happened to be in the exact same spot. Like we had the same things behind us because oh, It was in my yeah. sister's uh, kitchen. So I just removed it. I had to, like, peel off the tape and the little thing that said Ryan's family on it and then uh, reapply all of that back on. I didn't realize that she had used double-stick tape. I didn't have any, so I used the glue stick, Mm -hmm. and it, like, bowed out, so it was, like, really obvious. So people are going up to the bulletin board and looking at, all of the pictures, and they're not even processing, like, <laughs> what's going on. So I, it, it was several hours before I was like, did anybody notice? You know. oh, poor
2: ride. And then they're like, oh, yeah, wow,
1: yeah, congratulations.
2: So, cool. yep. <laughs> Which leads us into our final topic for tonight, player count.
1: That's right. So adding a fifth player to my family group, I was thinking, you know, Five-player games, that's kind of a sweet spot. Four or five players tends to be a sweet spot for games. But, like, Kingsburg, that's a five-player game. I think it plays really well, five players. You know, what other games... Mm. What What is the sweet spot that designers go for? I think four players to be... It's got to be four.
0: Yeah, it's got to yeah. be four.
3: Yeah. Oh. Sorry,
1: Ryan. I like five. Which, actually,
0: I dislike four i think that most games play best at four and i dislike that number i'd rather play five mm-hmm. because four is like it's just the way that my life is set up it's like one other couple and then it's like no one else like i can't invite anyone else because we're playing games that are just four players you know and so then it's like well was i uh, I mean, are we just hooked now? And we always play games, just us and you, you know? And it, or it's like, can we invite other people? Not really,
1: can't play anything, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's so, weird. So here's my logic behind it. I don't, I don't enjoy solo games. One versus one, I feel like it's too much head-to-head, like direct conflict. Three player, I feel like what happens is one player excludes themselves the other two duke it out and then that third player then comes back in and wipes up and wins. <laughs> so four player you start to get where it's a little more fair, but you can have that like two versus two thing going on yeah. again. And so I think with five players you finally get to enough players that uh you know, one person can't reclude reclude themselves. I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> uh one one person can't kind of hide and then swoop in but you still have um, enough going on that it's an interesting competition. Once you get to, you know, six can be okay. Once you get to seven, eight, you know, that sort of thing, it's just, it's too many. Yep. Unless you have some sort of simultaneous action, uh, it just takes too long to get back to your time. plays five. Well, we can play yeah, six
0: I, now. Right? Again, I think I like playing games at four. I So let me be more clear. I think four is a weird dynamic to have in my house playing games. Like that's what's weird about it. Because it's like if I want to invite like so maybe Chantel's not going to play, so I want to invite mm-hmm. friends over, I'm going to invite the same three generally, right? Or like switch it up, but literally it's like you can't bring anyone else or else half of these games that we wanted to play we cannot play, you know? And if so, there's
3: two couples that you're yeah. inviting, or someone's left like, out.
0: Yeah, it's or someone gets left out if you invite any more, so it's literally like like, even tonight, like, I wanted to play a few games, right? So it's like, I'm going to start with one couple invite. That's it. Are you coming or not? Because, you know what I mean? It's Absolutely. like, it's weird. It's, Absolutely. It's, and then it's like, okay, we'll just do dinner and play games, I guess, or whatever. But it's like, I would have invited more people if we weren't going to play this game. But the whole objective was to play this game. You get that.
2: Especially yeah. for us. I feel like yeah. we're in a unique position in that. We need to play certain games that have certain player counts, mm-hmm. whereas sometimes you're like, oh, we're going to have game night. I'm going to invite like eight people or yep. whatever, an indefinite amount of people. Mm-hmm. And they, whoever shows up shows up and we play a game. What game? Do want? Oh, we have six people we are going to play this game. We have three people are going to play this game, yep. whereas us is like, oh, I need to play. Legacy,
0: but doesn't it make it weird Mm -hmm. it does make it a little weird weird. i see what you're saying like tonight like already today i was like i asked him like late earlier in the week but i was like do you want to come over and play a game on saturday sure i'll come over i know he's bringing his wife so then like i'm done like i'm not calling anyone like i generally would invite people Mm -hmm. like my thing is like i'm having people over so then more people could come you know but it's like i'm not going to do that i have to play i need to play legacy so i'm done it's weird I don't know. It's, it's like as we always
3: do six, and then someone always sits out, and it's just the way it works with our group, and it's fine.
0: If you were coming to play games, and someone always has to sit out, it does not make or it. Or like, we
3: do teams; like okay. you can be with me as player number four. Sure.
0: I feel like we that's acceptable, but I feel like playing as a team, someone generally is like then <laughs> eating ice cream or on their phone or whatever. That's true, and only one person's doing it. You know, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, but we anyway. do
4: have sometimes, like, oh, someone's working on dinner, so they're yeah. not going to yeah. play. Or um, my brother Charlie, sometimes he'll play one game during the evening and then just hang out the rest of the time. So we just kind of yeah, and it's no problem. figure out which games will fit the number of players or oh, this person usually comes 30 to 40 minutes late, so we'll try to get a yeah. a four-player in you. before. But, yeah, no, I agree. Um, I know a lot of people look for two-player games. Two-player is their, like, magic number because if you're a couple, you can, you know, just pull it out anytime. Yep. Kevin and I don't play a lot of two-player games, kind of like what Ryan was saying, just the head-to-head combat Um I win, you lose. I like having more players to be able to kind of turtle (laughs) or like, uh, hey, throw shade on someone else and kind of, I need that extra chaos to (laughs) be able to win a game. Most of the times,
2: Melissa and I will will play games, just the two of us, to learn a game first sometimes and then be able to say, oh, we know how the mechanics work in order to play play it at the higher player count. So that's sort of how we
1: roll. So what do you think... Will's opinion is. I think he's more like 16 players. Yeah, he's like, oh, really? Everybody will figure it out. Yep. We're yeah. going to combine both of these Call of Cthulhu's, or what but, is it? Don't mess with Cthulhu. Yeah. It was accurate. I played that.
0: With him, yep. how many it. how many players were we're in gonna that game? put two flash? I don't know, 18, eighteen. Two flashlights. We're flipping every car. Oh my goodness, I don't know what's happening. He's but making a I rules. know we're gonna lose. If I'm on the good team, we're losing. Please put me on the bad team. It's gonna be so easy to win. <laughs> <laughs> did they win? Yes, the bad the Cthulhu team won like
2: every time. He's like, it worked. It worked amazingly. I was like, did it yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> in his mind.
0: Well, cool. All right, and. uh As always, uh, please make sure you're listening to our podcast and giving us feedback if you have any and things to talk about, topics. As always, we are live on YouTube uh, every Thursday playing something. So please join us there if you're interested. And uh, I
2: guess we'll just talk to you next time. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. Please like, subscribe, do all those things. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Tantrum House Board Game
0: Podcast. If you liked any part of this at all, find and follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and tantrumhouse.com. Like us, share us, email us, call us, or send us a postcard to Tantrum House, 306 Barry Drive, that's B-A-R-R-Y, Greer, South Carolina, 29650.